Ruth, please. Ruth is just for first Samuel. Ruth, after Judges, Joshua Judges, Ruth, Ruth, chapter two. So let me let's read the first seven verses, then we'll go to the Lord of Prayer, and then we'll just do um, actually the first ten verses. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose, I, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her half was the light of the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant said, That was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with, the, with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now, and she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence. But abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eye be on the field that, that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art for thirst, go unto the vessels and drink of the, of the which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then I have some comments to make as we remind ourselves what we talked about last week. Father, we pray you bless this time in your word. Thank you for your people coming out to hear the word of God. Pray everyone will leave here encouraged and strengthened by the word. Lord, help us rejoice in your truth. Thank you so much for this story of Ruth and what it means. Oh God, may we draw out much from it this morning in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, so let me re rehearse what we talked about last week. So last week we studied Ruth chapter 2, and we, were able, we weren't able to finish it because there's so much in there. So we're going to recap, and this time we're going to see it from a, the, 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 the value as an allegory. Okay, we know the, Ruth, Ruth, the book of Ruth is a historical account, it really did happen, it is history, but it's also allegorical in that it has a beautiful picture, because God knows how to weave, to weave beautiful pictures in through history and that's exactly what is happening here it illustrates God's eternal plan for sinners as found in Genesis chapter 12 I'm going to quickly read, actually do you know what I'll pass out scriptures Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 to 3 raise your hand, Genesis 12 verse 1 to 3 Elizabeth I'll help you read that uh, 2 Timothy 2 verse 5 2 Timothy 2 5 okay John you can get that um, Psalm 37 23 Psalm 37 23 Okay, we read Psalm 37, verse 23. And then other scriptures. Romans 8, 1, 31 to 32. Romans 8, 31 to 32. Okay, do you get that? Psalm 91, verse 11, 12. Psalm 91, verse 11, 12. Give it Paul. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, Mary, you get that. You probably quote it. And James chapter 4, verse 6. James 4, verse 6. Okay, I do Okay. <clears throat> So, this is a beautiful picture of God's plan. Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3. Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. And I will make a 
So the Lord said to Abraham, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So here's Moab and Moabite death. This is Ruth the Moabite has been blessed through Abraham. So a wonderful, wonderful picture. Now, verse 1 to 7, again, we talked about that last week. Boaz meets Ruth. <coughs> We're introduced to Boaz. Again, Boaz means the meaning to, to meaning the ability to move quickly or fleetness. And he just happened to be extremely wealthy. And verse 2 tells us Ruth was a Moabite, a country filled with Chemosh worshippers. And that was her homeland. Remember, Chemosh. Was, was a god of, of perversity. They call it love, but it's really perversity. And child sacrifice. And if we want to experience the blessing of God, we saw from verse 2, we have to meet conditions. Okay, we go verse 2 all the way down. So there's a picture here. If we're going we, if, if to experience the blessing of God, we have to meet conditions. And we're going to talk through that. So this is what we talked about last week, except we're now adding to it, okay? So let's see that from, from what we've read. So, what's the first condition that Ruth met in verse 2? <clears throat> what's the first condition she met in verse 2? See the blessing of God upon her life. She decided to go. <laughs> right. She decided to go. And that goes back to Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. Who wants to read that? Ruth 1, 16. Our Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lodgest, I will not. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. We can't expect God to bless us if we're indolent. Do you know, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by indolent? Or inert? busy. Busy for the Lord. We've got to be. What did, what did the servant of Abraham say regarding finding a wife for Isaac? I being in the way, the Lord led me. You've got to be doing something. You can't expect God. You can't sit home and, and ask God to bless your life and not get out of your house. You've got to be involved. You've got to say, okay, I'll do everything I can. Just show me now. Just leave me here, Lord. Okay? The Lord can only direct a moving person. Does that make sense? So Ruth didn't sit back expecting for it all to happen to her, okay? She, the first thing is she, she left her home and she got moving, okay? And <clears throat> secondly, what do we see from Ruth from verse 2? We're back in Ruth chapter 2, verse 2. What's, what else did she do? She left. What else did she do? She's willing to do something, she's willing to labor, okay? And she, she, we, if we want to see the blessing of God upon our lives, we've got to labor towards it, okay? We've got to, we are co-labors co with God. What did, what did Paul say to the Corinthians? We are labors together with him, okay? 2 Timothy 2, verse 5. Did I give that to somebody? John. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is... Yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. So there's going to be a day of coronation when we stand before the Lord. And people will be crowned according to their labors, okay? But the Bible says if a man strive for the masteries, that's a, someone in a race or someone in a, in a battle or in a fight, and they want to win this. But you can't be crowned unless you strive. 
or the Bible says the ear, strive lawfully, but you've got to strive, you've got to labor, you've got to put in the effort, okay? So she was willing to go to the field and work. Ruth evidently was a hard worker, and she found herself working for bread in the land of bread. Neither was she afraid to toil and get her hands dirty. We talked about that last week. Ruth was, had begun her journey of faith, and this was all part of her journey. And as we said last week, Ruth was on the lowest rung of the social ladder. I, I just find that amazing. I mean, she, if there was a caste system, she was at the bottom of the caste. If there was a social strata, and I'm sure there was, she was at the bottom of that social strata. But yet she was able to see the blessing of God upon her life because she left her homeland and because she was willing to put in the effort and she was wanted the, the blessing of God. But the third thing, what's the third thing she needed? Verse three. What do we see in verse three? For Ruth obtaining the blessing of God. Chapter 2 still. Okay, what, what do we see in verse 3? What was the third step for Ruth to obtain the blessing of God? What happened in verse 3? We talked about her leaving her home, we talked about her working. What else do we see in verse 3? Yeah! She just happened, I love the way the Bible puts it, she, her hap was to, by chance, and we talked about this last week, is there any chance with the Lord? No. She just happened. So what do we see God doing? This is grace. This is the grace of God. She needed the grace of God upon her life. And she just happened to come to the right field, and that's God's grace in action, doesn't it? Psalm 37 verse 23. Psalm 37, verse 23. Who did I give that to? Okay, I thought I gave it to someone. Uh, sure, I guess. Psalm 37, verse 23. Okay, yeah, okay, ahead. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights. It's a great song. Isn't that a great song? Yeah, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It's a great song. It's a great verse. I love that verse. You know, and that's grace. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God's involved in your life. You want the blessing of God upon your life. You've got to leave the world behind. You've got to be willing to put in the effort. You need to access the grace of God. We need him to be involved in our lives. Okay? So Boaz would be the channel through which Ruth would access the grace of God. Would you agree with that? If you've read the story, you know what happens. It's wonderful. Now, how does Boaz illustrate the Lord Jesus Christ towards us? If we're looking at verse 5 to 7. How does the Lord, how does Boaz illustrate the Lord towards us? If Boaz to, Boaz to Ruth pictures the Lord to us. How is that in verse 5 to 7? Now we talked about this last week, so we're just highlighting this again this week. I thought there was going to be a community in okay. the lack of, uh, of uh, Boaz and also his, uh, his master that is not, is uh, willing to serve, not just to yeah. to serve. Yeah, wonderful. Boaz is willing to serve Ruth. Wonderful. How else? Even before that, and that's a wonderful truth. Verse 5. How do you see the Lord in this towards us? He inquired after her. He inquired after her. There is none to seek it after God. I mean, yesterday I was talking to a lady, and her name was Sukhmat. 
okay? I talked to her yesterday, and, and, and uh, she has a neighbor who gave her a, um, a Bible verse on a frame she showed us. She's another neighbor, born-again Christian, who gave her a Bible. And we're there at her door sharing the gospel with her. She had a friend who, I'm trying to remember the details, but went to Bible college in America to study the Bible. And her husband is a pastor. So she has all these people. I said, are you a Christian? She said, no. But we've got God working in our life, evidently. And I shared with her, you know, you've got to respond to the grace of God. God is working in your life, and you can't be indolent. God is not going to, I didn't say this to her, but God's not going to get a lightning bolt and strike her, and all of a sudden, boom, you're a Christian, you know? She's got to respond. And I asked her, do you, do, do you like the game of tennis? She said, I like badminton. So I just gave her the illustrations because people remember pictures. I said, the Lord has taken that shuttlecock, and he's hit it towards you, and it's on your side of the court. It's either going to hit the ground, or you're going to return the serve. And, 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 and here is uh, Ruth responding to the grace of Boaz and in the same way, we have to respond to the grace of God. Does that make sense? If we're going to walk in the blessing of God, it's really important. I think it's wonderful. And we see Boaz having, as we talked about, um, I think it was Tari, or Tari talked about prevenient grace. Grace, I love that word because it means grace begins with God. God poured out his grace upon Ruth, but she had to respond. But we see the Grace, it was Boaz that took note of Ruth, not Ruth taking note of Boaz. It was Boaz who was watching out, and we see the grace of God here being demonstrated. Okay, then that was verse 1 to 7, verse 8 to 10. Then we saw Boaz offers protection to Ruth. Then the fourth principle we see here, she needed Boaz to take initiative. Why did Ruth need Boaz to take the initiative? Why couldn't it be Ruth taking the initiative? She's a stranger. She's a stranger. Why else? And there's lots of answers. She's a woman. And socially, that wasn't always uh, a way, how do I word this? It wasn't to her benefit in, in, in these circumstances. Of course, in other circumstances, tremendous benefit, obviously. But in these particular circumstances, it wasn't to her benefit. Why else did she need boss to take the initiative? He had the power. It, it, it had to be him. She couldn't go up there and say, Boaz, I need your help. Okay? Like the Lord Jesus Christ towards us, Boaz took the initiative to reach out uh, with the grace of God to Ruth. We've already talked about that. He spoke to her. And the maidens and the men were to form a protection for Ruth. We talked about that last week. And is that not what the Lord does for us? Romans 8, 31 and 32. Fisha, what shall we then say to Aren't those words encouraging? What a blessing. We, we love those words. Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12. Who did I give Psalm? His name. He said, Give his angels shall over thee, and protect thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou die thy foot against the stone. Okay, so we see the Lord here. Uh, in Psalm 91 <coughs> and in Romans 8, 8 offering protection to us aren't you glad that there's a hedge of protection around you now it doesn't mean things don't go wrong 
It doesn't mean frustrating circumstances come your way. There's a number of people in this room who've had a, a, a week they'd rather have not had. But the, and, and, and a number of people in this building should have probably rather say. But at the end of the day, God is still for us. His grace is still there. He's always there for us in the same way Boaz was wanting to be that for Ruth. It doesn't mean Ruth didn't fall over and hurt herself. It doesn't mean that she didn't strain under the toil of the day. But it means that there was a protection always there. That's a real blessing. <clears throat> and this is grace for the undeserving. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. So we are recipients of God's grace and we don't deserve it. Ruth didn't deserve it. Who am I? She said. We don't deserve it either. So, first thing, the first condition she had to make, she had to go. Secondly, she had to labor. Thirdly, she needed God's grace. Fourth, she needed Boaz to take the initiative. Fifthly, Ruth needed to respond with a humble heart. We see that in verse 10, don't we? And she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground. I was talking to somebody recently about gratefulness, and I, and I read an illustration about a man who, um, I'm trying to remember the details, there was a boat that was sinking, uh, a ship, or well, it wasn't a cruise line or anything like that, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a decent sized boat that was sinking. And he waited out in the freezing cold water for 45 minutes rescuing passengers from this boat. And he lost his legs. He lost his legs because of it. And at his funeral, the, the minister who was doing the funeral made mention that how he lost his life because of saving these people and not one person came back to thank him. It's scary to think about, amazing to think about. Um, but the thing is, gratefulness goes a long way. And do you remember the Lord heals 10 lepers? How many people go, went back to thank my Lord? So gratefulness is in short supply, isn't it? But when you are a Christian and you've accessed the grace of God and God has worked in your life, there's something within you that wants to respond with thankfulness, isn't there? And we see Ruth responding with a humble heart, verse 10. She fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said, Why have I found grace in thine eyes? That's a good question to ask of the Lord, isn't it? Why have you shown me this grace? I don't deserve it. Thank God for his grace. Okay, let me pass out some other scriptures. I did James 4 verse 6. Can I give that to somebody? Yeah. Okay, go ahead, please. God gives grace at humble. So in other words, when God responds with his grace, when we humble ourselves before him, he gives us more grace. And can I just say this? God's grace is not an endless supply. It all depends on how we respond to him. But when we respond humbly to him, his grace becomes an endless supply. Don't we want an endless supply of his grace? Definitely. Okay, so that was last week, so I'll just bring you up to speed. Now let's move on uh, to... The, the rest of it. Uh, let's go to Ruth chapter 2, verse 11. We'll grab a verse each. So Mary, can you read verse 11 when we grab the next three verses of verse each? Ruth, Ruth 2, verse 11. And Boaz answered and said unto her, I have followed and showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother, and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not hereof. Yep. So 
the Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Thank you, sir. Good morning, So he blesses Ruth. Boaz knew Ruth's history, as we mentioned last week, that probably, and most likely, and could only really have come from Naomi. She had nothing bad to say about Ruth, not a bitter word, not a critical comment. Then again, that again is God's work of grace. Now, sixth principle, we, we, we'll go to the principles again to access the, the blessing of God upon your life. First, the first condition Ruth met but she left her homeland. You've got to leave everything behind to seek the Lord. Secondly, you have to work. She labored in the fields. We've got to labor for God's blessing. Thirdly, we need his grace. We need his grace. Without God's grace, we can't go forward. Fourthly, Boaz had to take initiative. And the Lord takes initiative in our lives. We need him to take initiative. Five, Ruth needed to respond with a humble heart. We just talked about that. And sixthly, Ruth needed to be lifted out of abject poverty into hope and blessing. Look at verse 12. We've already read it. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord. Wow. That's quite a statement. The full reward. Boaz is saying, I want God to bless you. Now, what type of person was Boaz? The first thing he said when he saw his reapers in the field, what did he say? The Lord bless you. God bless you. Wonderful person to work for. We'd all love to have a, a bosses like Boaz, where he would just, the first thing he sees you, Lord bless you, I hope you're having a good day in the Lord. That's encouraging. And I want to tell you something, and I've only thought about it as I was reading through this now, but Boaz had good workers. You think about the supervisor that was working for Boaz over the reapers. He could have sent Ruth away. No, 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 you can't reap here, go somewhere else. He didn't do that. She said, Ruth came along, she came to the, to the reapers and to the supervisor of the reapers and said, can I, can I reap in these fields? And he said, go ahead. So he was obviously a righteous man himself. What a wonderful thing. So Boaz was a godly man and he, he made sure he had good people working for him. Ruth needed to be lifted into a place of hope and blessing. And is that not what Christ has done for us? Did I pass out scriptures? Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2. Raise your hand. Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2. Brother McCord. Matthew 5, verse 16. I think that's meant to be a bit of a mistake. Matthew 5, 16. Okay. Yes. Matthew 5, 16. Matthew 6, 11. Matthew 6, 11. Willie. Matthew 23, 5. Matthew 23, 5. Lizzie. And Proverbs 6, 6 to 8. Proverbs 6, 6 to 8. Hannah. And, I, and uh, Debbie, you want to read? Okay, I'll give you nothing. Because I have no more verses. <laughs> Alright. Okay, sorry about that then. Next time. Okay. So, Ruth needs to be lifted out of her poverty and to a place of blessing. Is that not what Christ did for us? Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. Establish my dwelling. Are we not like Ruth? We were in a bad place before we got saved. Now, if you're saved young, you maybe don't understand that. But you got saved later in life, you see what God has done in your life. And I want to tell you something. I think it's a very 
primary witness, a very important thing for us to take a good look at our lives. Oftentimes, we get into a, 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 a system of busyness. We're so busy, aren't we? We've said this many times, but we're so busy. And we're so busy, we don't have time to think. And you're walking down the street and you see people on their phone and they're texting as they're walking down the street. I do that. Catching up with emails when I'm walking down the street sometimes. And we are so busy. And you know, in the old days when we didn't have, hands up who remembers the first mobile phone they ever got. I remember my dad getting the mobile phone, it was this size. He needed a backpack to stick it on the back. I got him a second phone, and I got him a Vodafone phone, and, and uh, I, I was meant to come with a rebate of £20, and I totally forgot about the rebate, so. but they did this thing of you have to get a one rebate in November, and the next rebate, of course, I forgot all about it. I think you was going to forget about it. But the point is this, I got him with that phone, and that lasted him for, for eight years. It was a great little phone. But the point is, we all remember getting our phones, and before that, when we were driving, you had time to talk to God and not get distracted by stuff. We had time to walk down the street and take in the, what's around you and not be distracted by a phone. We're always thinking of something and we're not thinking of life in general, are we? We're so busy, and you know the thing is, we need all of us, and I'm speaking about myself, we need to get better at putting our phones down, and stuff, like it's almost like when a text comes in, and it's just like, I have to take a look and see who it is. We're hyperventilating over a text. And it's probably just someone on a group chat saying, thumbs up. <laughs> you know, the thing is, we need to get better. Just taking in the atmosphere, taking a walk and just breathing in the air, thanking God for the air. Do you understand what I'm saying? I wonder has our modern telecommunication lifestyle stolen our prayer life away from us altogether? And we just wonder, what do we gain from it? I'm connected with everybody. We're so connected with people virtually, we can't live in the real world at times. At times, I'm not saying always, but that can happen if we're not careful, isn't that true? So, why do I say all that? So busy. We're so busy. And we forget, we don't take time to meditate and think about what Christ did for us on the cross. We don't take time to remember what he, we should be looking at the book of Ruth and saying, that's me, that's me. I was at the lowest rung of the ladder. I was at the end of my rope. I had nothing, and God intervened in my life and he lifted me out of that miry clay and set my feet on the rocks. Thank you, Lord. I mean, when's the last time, brethren, that you walked out somewhere where nobody else was, so you could be alone with God, and said, thank you so much, with your hands raised in the air, thank you so much, Lord, for dying on the cross for my sins. It's a good thing to do, isn't it? Ruth could forget all about her past and look forward to an amazing future. What a beautiful picture because of Boaz. 
And we're just saying we can leave our past in the past. Aren't you glad? And you're looking forward to an amazing future because of Jesus Christ. As Boaz approached Ruth, as was his custom, as was his custom with others, he blessed Ruth. And isn't that not what Christ does when he when he approaches us? Matthew chapter five, verse one to six. That's what it is. I may, I put the wrong thing in my notes. Matthew five one to six. Who wants to read that for me? Who did I get that to? Matthew five. Okay. I won't read all of it, but just read some of it. Uh, well, it's, yeah, verse 1 down to verse. I'll do, I'll do the following. Yeah, okay. Five, one. Verse 5 and 6. How about that? Matthew 5, verse 5, yeah? Yeah, and 6. Blessed are the And verse 6. Blessed are they which do homework and work that are watching the day of the Blessed are the merciful. And you can stop there. All the way through. Blessing, blessing, blessing. The Lord opened his mouth and he started blessing people. Boaz opened his mouth and started blessing people. Spirit-filled people open their mouths and start blessing people. That's who our Savior is. He's a blesser of people, isn't he? Aren't you glad to be at the receiving end of the blessings of God? It doesn't mean things don't go wrong in your life. But it means there's someone there who always wants to bless you. That is so encouraging, isn't that? What a picture we see in the book of Ruth. Boaz clearly recognized that Naomi's God had become Ruth's God, and there was probably no woman like her in all of Israel, at least no one who Boaz had come across. Why would I say that? Why, do you, why would I say that Boaz probably hadn't come across anyone like Ruth? Very simple, if you know the story at all. Because he wasn't married. He hadn't found anyone like Ruth. He'd been waiting for his Ruth. What a picture. Aren't you glad that the Lord was waiting for you? Verse 13, and we won't read it, but we, we already read it. Ruth, Ruth saw Boaz, Boaz's kindness as pity. And the beautiful thing is, she didn't realize what a treasure she was. And based on what we've seen so far, can we talk about some positive character traits of Ruth? Let's quickly mention them before we move on. Let's talk about some positive character traits of Ruth. Let's wrap them up. Things you can think of. Humble. Excellent. Somebody else. Willing to leave our family. Willing to what? Leave our family. Willing to leave our family for the Lord. Yeah. It's industrious. Industrious. Perseverance. Yeah, absolutely. What? Joey? Faithful to her mother-in-law. Faithful to her mother-in-law, is that what you said? Absolutely. Wonderful. Kind. All those things. That's who she was. And what a work of grace of the Lord in her life. Okay, verse 14 to verse 23. Okay, so we're going to keep on moving because we need to get this finished. Boaz then provides for Ruth. Ruth chapter 2, verse 14 down to verse 23. Who is next to read? And Boaz said unto her, Never find, come the tighter and eat of the bread, and eat morsel in the vineyard. And she set aside the leaders. All the way down to verse 23. 
Do you want to read verse 20? I'll give you some. Okay, Collins, modern technology lets us down. Verse 20. Okay, so verse 14, we see in verse 14, Boaz said unto her, at mealtime, come thou hither. So he gave her sustenance as she worked. He made sure she was well taken care of at mealtime, not just for herself, but he made sure that she had enough for her mother. Uh, one commentator writes this, in the season of harvest, the grains of wheat, not yet fully dry and hard, are roasted in a pan or on an iron plate and constitute a very palatable article of food. This is eaten along with bread, or instead of it, so they so they sort of fried this food that she was eating, okay? And basically, Boaz was taking care of Ruth, and I just thought to myself, it's not, not what Christ does for us. Matthew 6, 11. Did I give that to someone? Okay, go ahead. Matthew 6, 11. I don't think I gave this out. I gave it to me. I'm you Matthew. Psalm 23, verse 5. Psalm 23, verse 5. Okay, Matthew 6, 11. And let's hear this one. You must just say our daily bread. Yeah. Isn't that what God does? He gives us our daily bread. Psalm 23, verse 5. Doesn't God prepare a table for us? Whether we be in the presence of our enemies or, else, or otherwise, He prepares a table for us. So Boaz made her work that she did very profitable. We've got from verse 15, verse 19. It says here, when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, let her glean. And then verse 16, let fall some of the handfuls on purpose. 
So he was making her work very profitable. Why do you think he didn't just give her the gleanings and send her home? He knew that they were related. Why do you think he did, didn't just say, here, here's the gleanings, bring it home to my cousin, Naomi, or however they were, there was some debate as to how they were related, but let's say he was intrigued. She would have posted off and not come back, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so he wanted her around. He wanted her around, okay. Why else? But this is hard work. Why do you think he didn't just say, <clears throat> here you go? Anybody else? Well, when you have to work for something, you need knowledge Absolutely. Anybody else? This is good. Why else did you just say, here, here's your, here's your food, here's your provision, you're my family, I, I don't want you out here working like peasants in the field. He wouldn't have insulted her. I think uh, she was being honourable and so was he. That's definitely true. Work is honourable. Work is honourable. Good. Somebody else. This is great. Why else? Why didn't he just give her free food? Free handouts. She was exactly he was and so let's look at this. He was empowering her, and there's a little bit more I want to say about that. Okay? Free handouts, even for family, is very unhealthy. Okay? When we have to work hard for everything we get, it makes us so much more appreciative. I've seen that again. And again, with my own children, I, yes, we help them along wherever we can, but they need to work for what they get because it makes them so much more responsible and so much more appreciative. Free handouts don't do people any good. They don't because they they have that they develop that entitled mentality. Okay, it's very hard to break that. Instead of giving her everything for nothing, he purposely severely lightened her load. After Ruth had beaten out what she had gleaned in the fields. Guess how much barley she brought home? The beaten out barley. Guess how much in weight? Have a guess. Probably about 10 litres. 10 litres, okay. But let's put it in weight. In, in weight. Guess how much it was? Because I, I look up the comments. 20 kilos. How many kilos? 20 kilos. 23 kilos. Wow. 50 pounds, 23 kilos of barley. That's heavy. 60 euros of lighter. <laughs> wow. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of barley. She wouldn't have gleaned that today. Not all. But he dropped and he made it easier for her. He said, okay, I want you to work. Boaz was obviously trying to make her life easier, but she was industrious and wanted to provide for her future. So not only did she provide for her, her herself, she provided for her, her, her mother-in-law. Not only did she provide for herself and her mother-in-law for that day, she provided for herself and her mother-in-law for the future. Because she didn't know what the future held, right? I think this is wonderful. She wasn't afraid of hard work. We talked about that before. Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 8. Who did I give that to you? Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 8. Go to the end, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. But have no guide, overseer, or ruler. Provide for meat in the summer and gather for food in the harvest. So she was providing her meat in the summer and she was gathering her, her food in the harvest. Do you understand what I'm saying? She was just working and laboring for the future. This is a wonderful. This was a windfall. This was a windfall. How do you think Naomi, or yeah, Naomi responded to this windfall? She used the verse 18 and 19 tells okay? She took it up, went into the city, and her mother-in-law said, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved 
after she had sufficed. So that's basically the meal she had at lunchtime. Okay, she had her lunchtime meal, and there was she had stuff over she, so she bought part of her lunch home for her mom to eat, and they because she had stuff left over. Verse nineteen, and her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where Ron said, Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. Wow. Wow, blessing on that person who somebody obviously was watching out for you, Ruth. Do you ever feel like that yourself? Somebody's watching out for you. His name is Jesus. He takes interest in your life. Aren't you glad about that? God is so good to us. So then she was able to tell what happened. Okay? And this was, as one commentator said, I think this is brilliant, this was the first fruits of what Boaz would do in the future. So if we're experiencing the blessing of God right now, now I know this trial's coming our way, and frustration's coming our way, I understand that, I get that, but there's also blessing our, coming our, that, that we're experiencing right now. Am I right or am I wrong? Right. Those are the first fruits of blessings that are coming in the future. Because if you're washed in the blood of Jesus, if you've been redeemed, you have a home in heaven, you have a Father in heaven who loves you, you've got a Father in heaven who's waiting for you, you have a Savior who shed his precious blood on the cross, and he's preparing a table for, for you and for me to dine with him someday. In my Father's house, the Lord says, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have called, told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Do you believe that? Heaven's going to be wonderful. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man, of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Brethren, the little blessings we're experiencing right now are the first fruits of the great blessings that are going to come in the future. So don't get carried away with this life. It's all, it's just going to get better. You with me here? What a wonderful picture. And God was using Ruth to turn Naomi's bitterness into gratitude, her unbelief into faith, her despair into hope. Finally, verse 20 to 23, I'd better read this for time's sake. I won't read through the text, we've read it already. Boaz made Ruth want to come back for more. It says here, verse 20, Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, that not left off his kindness to the living to the dead. And he basically said, Don't go anywhere else. Okay? Don't she said, Don't go any, don't go into any other field. He said that thou Naomi said unto her, verse 22, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens that they meet thee not in any other field and no, Naomi or sorry Ruth obeyed Naomi because she knew there was blessing in it the barley harvest was from March to April and the wheat harvest was from June to July so we're talking about a span of about four months Boaz had several months to sufficiently observe Ruth if he'd sent her home to her mother with everything and just gave her nothing but just gave her provision he never would have gotten to know her Boaz was a hard-working man, and he could see that Ruth was a hard-working young lady, and he was getting to know her as of who she, for who she really was. What a treasured opportunity. When Boaz blessed Ruth, he didn't just bless Ruth, he blessed Naomi, and that blessing caused Naomi to bless the Lord, and to raise up new heart, hope in, 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 in Naomi's heart, as one commentator said. And another commentator, commentator wrote this, I think, thought this was brilliant. The patient's hope, now we're talking about a patient who's under a doctor. The patient's <coughs> hope is the physician's secret weapon. Isn't that a great statement? The patient's hope is the physician's secret weapon. Because when people believe that they can be healed, that's part of the healing process, isn't it? So Naomi had, had hope. Ruth had hope. 
And the blessing that Boaz showed to Ruth, and Ruth showed to Naomi, so Boaz showed to Naomi, was going to come back on Boaz again. You'll never be hurting for showing blessing on other people. Be not deceived, God is not mocked whatsoever man so that shall he also. If you bless other people in the name of the Lord, if you are an encouragement to other people, whatever you do for other people, God's going to bring back on you. So when you bless people and, and, and do good for others, even if you're not seeing it right now, it's going to come. Isn't that encouraging? What a great, great, great story. So as we close this, this um, chapter, Ruth didn't look for a gift horse in the mouth. Neither did she see herself as a victim or a charity case. She could have said, I'm at the lowest rung of the social ladder, and she could have had a victim mentality. She could have stamped herself for life, and she could have lived in a culture that stamped people. But she said, get that stamp off me. I'm not one of them. Do you understand what I'm saying? She just said, I'm not a charity case. I'm not any of these things. And she worked in a place where God had placed her, and she received the blessing of it. Look at verse 23. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of the barley harvest and of the wheat harvest. So that was to the end of July. And dwelt with her mother-in-law. There was a winning combination going on. And brethren, I want to tell you something. It was only going to get better. If you're saved, it can only get better. Isn't that encouraging? Some good stuff in there. Let's close the prayer. Father, thank you so much.